This is the Saturday to Sunday Football Podcast. This is where it all counts. This is why we're here. This is why each one of us are here. And now, here's your host. Welcome back to another edition of the Saturday to Sunday Football Podcast. I am Paul Pertichese, and thank you for joining me as always. Week 12 of the college football season is in the books, and I'm going to break down everything that stood out this week, the highs, the lows, stock up, stock down in terms of NFL draft capital, and then obviously take a look at the NFL rookies in the NFL rookie report for week 11, and we will preview week 13 as well in the tail of the tape. As you can hear, I am flying solo this evening. Matt, unfortunately, cannot make it. And even myself, I am a little bit under the weather, so you might hear that in my voice. But I wanted to get something out, uh, some quick thoughts on what happened and, and, and transpired this past weekend. But before we get into the NFL draft report for this week, I did want to make note, we mentioned it on the previous podcast, that Senior Bowl accepted invites are, are starting to be let out on who's already accepted their invite. And there's a lot in the skill player position that's already intriguing. At the running back position, uh, some names that have already accepted their invite is Kayshawn Vaughn, the running back from Vanderbilt. He's a guy that we talked a lot about in the preseason shows when we previewed the running back position. He's a guy, tough, physical runner, uh, compact runner. I think this year he's had a so-so year. I think uh, people maybe were looking for a little bit more of a statistical uh, breakthrough this year, but I think he's been solid. I think Vanderbilt a little bit in a down year this year, so I do think the Senior Bowl will be a good opportunity for him to show that he's capable of doing a little bit more uh, at the next level because I think that'll be important for him to show that he could, you know, be a guy who can impact the game in the receiving game as well. LaMichael P. Ryan out of Florida, he's a physical, tough running back. We talked about him in the before the season started. He's in the 2020 scouting notebook as well. Mm-hmm. Tough physical inside runner. Zach Moss, the running back out of Utah. Great to see him accepted his invite. He's back healthy after injury that forced him to miss a couple games. Moss is a really intriguing guy. There are some people that are much higher on him than me and think he's a guy who could be a top 100 pick. I think he's a around four type guy, but tough, great contact fidelity, break tackles, absorb contact, deliver punishment. Uh, again, another guy who I don't think offers a lot in the past game. This Utah hasn't asked him in that regards. So it'll be interesting to see at the senior bowl. Uh, especially in the drills and stuff and the practices, do any of these running backs show a little bit more in the passing game? I think that's going to be important. Some tight ends that are of note that have accepted their invites. Jared Pinckney out of Vanderbilt, a dual tight end, good size, good frame, uh, capabilities to be a good interior blocker, line up in line or a little bit off the line. Uh, not really a guy who's going to be a guy who's like a move guy or line up as a receiver, but he's got good ball skills. He's a, he's a red zone guy. He's got good hands. So I think Pinkney's a guy who probably is like in that round three, round four mix. I think he could be an interesting prospect. Bryce Hopkins out of Purdue. He's a guy who really surprised me when I watched him in the summer. So I'm excited to see him get an opportunity there. I think he could be a riser. I think he's going to test out really well athletically in the pre-draft process. At the wide receiver position, some big names who've accepted their invites. Michael Pittman Jr., we've talked about him a lot this year, having a fantastic statistical season. I think he's played himself into a top 100 pick this year, so I think he's going to be very impressive. Uh, 
his ball skills, his body control, his ability on special teams. And I think he's going to test out better than people think. Kalaja Lipscomb, another Vanderbilt player, really good route runner. He reminds me this year of last year, Stanley Morgan Jr. So Kalaja Lipscomb is a guy, tough, physical. I think he's best in the slot, quicker than fast, but a good route runner. Colin Johnson, obviously we, we've talked a lot about him. Matt is a big fan of Colin Johnson's game. The, the length, the body control, the ball skills. Matt thinks he's a really good route runner as well. I have some reservations on him and how his game translates to the next level, but I do think he's a guy who could sneak into the back end of the top 100. Antonio Gandy-Golden, the wide receiver out of Liberty. I think this is going to be a huge week for him there at the Senior Bowl. He's got to show that he can make the jump up in the level of competition. He's got to show that he, he has the separation quickness to get open against bigger defenders. I think this is going to be a really important week for him. Brian Edwards out of South Carolina. Anybody who's been a long listener of us knows that we're big fans of Brian Edwards. So I think this is a big opportunity for him to show his skill set. I still think he's a guy who could be a late round two or early round three prospect. His ability to get vertical down the field, I don't think he's going to be a a, a burner, but I think he's got great ball skills, great body control, shows the ability to high point the ball. So excited to see him there. Devin Duvernay. Out of Texas, big play waiting to happen. Finally, after years and years of hearing, you know, waiting for this guy to break through, he's finally done it this year. So it's been really excited to see that. Chase Claypool, we've talked a lot about him. I'm really excited to see Chase Claypool in the pre-draft process because, you know, obviously last year, you know, Miles Boykin stunned us in terms of his overall athleticism. Claypool coming off a four-touchdown week this past week. I think Claypool is a guy who is rising up draft boards. I think he could even push to maybe be in the back end of round three. And I think if he has a strong pre-draft process, starting with the senior bowl and then the combine, he could do that. And then Brandon Ayuk out of Arizona State, a guy we haven't talked a lot about, a guy we got to get into the scouting notebook, one of the top senior wide receivers. This year, he's 6'1", 206. He's put up together a great statistical year. I don't think he has any one trait that I would say is an elite or a calling card, but he's really solid just about everything. So I'm excited to see Brandon Ayuk there. Obviously, Arizona State playing late night. He doesn't get a lot of attention, so I think the senior bowl could be a good opportunity for him to really become more of a household name uh, in this process. So I think that's something that is exciting to kind of watch and see unfold at the next level. So... With that said, those are the Senior Bowl invites. Let's take this to the NFL Draft Report for Week 12. A couple guys that stood out. Let's start at the quarterback position. At the quarterback position, Shea Patterson has been playing a little bit better of late, and I think that's something that's important, that he has been showing more over the over the last, you know, however many weeks. So I, I do think that, this week, 384 yards and four touchdowns. Like to see that. I still, Matt and I are both fans of Shea Patterson. And I don't think he's going to be a high-level prospect. But I still think he could be an intriguing day three guy. And hopefully, he finishes out this year pretty strong. And he can be a guy on the radar. Obviously, I should have probably started here at the quarterback position. Obviously, the big news of the week, the two uh, Tagalavoa injury, obviously dislocated hip. He's out this season. What does that mean? Does he declare? I think he definitely declares. I still think, unless the medicals are really bad, I still think the team's going to take a chance on him, even if he's going to miss part of next year. I think he's just too talented and too good of a player to not be. But it, it, what a shame. I think right now that obviously because of the two injury, and it's not just this injury, 
it's multiple injuries he's, he's had now. So there will be some durability questions. There were going to be durability questions before this week even happened. So I do think uh, the two injury will hurt him a little bit. I think it locks in Joe Burrow to be the first quarterback taken, slam dunk. This past week he had 489 yards, five touchdowns. He did throw two interceptions, but what he can do on offense, he came right back from those interceptions and made plays to put that game away. I think speaks volumes on his character. I think Joe Burrow's pretty much locked up the Heisman, and at this point it looks like he's probably locked up the top overall pick. At this point it looks like it's going to be the Cincinnati Bengals. Other quarterbacks this week, Jake Fromm had a big win against Auburn. Not that great statistical. He did throw three touchdowns, but only had 110 passing yards, and he was 13 of 28, really low yards per attempt. I think that's a little bit about Jake Fromm. He's not going to be a guy who really pushes the ball vertically down the field. Justin Herbert, strong game, 333 yards and four touchdowns. He continues to go about his business. And now with the Tua injury, you wonder if that puts Herbert back into the mix in the top five. I think he kind of always is still in the top ten. And now what teams think about Tua, I think it's going to impact maybe where Herbert goes. I think he could still be in the top five, top ten mix. So it'll, it'll be interesting to kind of follow his trajectory now in the, the final months of the college football season and then the pre-draft process. Jalen Hurts leads Oklahoma in a big comeback. He was 30 of 42, 297 yards and four touchdowns, over 100 yards rushing. I've seen some mocks lately that had Jalen Hurts in round one. I think that's being a little too aggressive. Unless teams look at him and think he is the second coming of Lamar Jackson, I think that's too rich. He's still got growth and development. This guy came from not even being on the radar as a quarterback prospect. A guy who was probably going to be a positional switch, maybe a late-round pick as an athlete. I think he's in the mix now as day two, and that speaks volumes of what he's done. I'm not ready to go and say he's going to be in the round one mix. I think right now having Jalen Hurts in the round one mix is a little bit too aggressive. I even think Jake Fromm maybe late round one or early round two. I think I've seen Mox that's still at him in the top ten. I think that's being a little too aggressive on Fromm, and I think that's definitely being a little too aggressive on Jalen Hurts. At the running back position, guys that stood out this week, Najee Harris, 88 yards rushing, three touchdowns, and then again doing it in the passing game, three catches, 51 yards, and a touchdown. With Mac Jones now taking over the offense for Alabama, I think you're going to see a lot more Najee Harris. So I think Najee Harris is a guy who we're going to get a big opportunity down the stretch here to see what he can do, and I think it's going to catapult his draft stock right into the day two mix, and I wouldn't be surprised to see him in the top 60 or definitely in the top 100. Jonathan Taylor continues to do his thing over 200 yards and two touchdowns. Chubba Hubbard, if there wasn't so many quarterbacks having great years, Chubba Hubbard deserves to at least be in consideration in the top five for the Heisman finalist based on his statistical output this year. Another two touchdowns, over 100 yards this week. Uh, DeAndre Swift in that game that I talked about before, Georgia versus Auburn, hit 100 yards, tough fought yards. I still think DeAndre Swift best back in this class. Nothing's changed there. And then Clyde Edwards-Hilaire, we talked a lot about him last week. Continued a strong performance this week with 172 yards, rushing and a touchdown, and chipped in with four catches for 22 yards. I think Hilaire has put himself on the early day remix in round four. At the wide receiver position, uh, Donovan Peoples-Jones is still a guy that I can't quit. I love his talent. I still think he could be a guy that potentially pushes his way into the top 100 mix. They are a very talented player out of Michigan. Uh, four catches, 48 yards, and a touchdown this week. But I still think he, I think he's a guy that could have a better upside at the NFL level than what we've seen at the collegiate level. Chase Claypool, I mentioned him before, four touchdowns this week. Same thing with Brandon Ayuk. I talked about both of those guys accepting their senior bowl invites. Both of those guys stood out this week. 
T. Higgins caught three touchdowns. Clemson's offense really seems to be kicking into high gear here as we hit the home stretch of the season. I think Clemson has a lot to prove down the home stretch and in the in the college football playoff, most likely, especially since they had some sluggish moments early in the year. T. Higgins is a guy who I am a big fan of. I think he's a top 50 prospect at the next level. So it's nice to see him find the end zone three times this weekend. Tyler Johnson in, in Minnesota's big game this past week, and obviously they took a loss, but Tyler Johnson did everything he could to help that team try to win the game. Nine catches, 170 yards, and one touchdowns. One of the better route runners in this class. I'm going to be intrigued by his pre-draft process. Does he fall in as a guy as a round three prospect? Does he fall in as a day three guy? I think he's a wide range of outcomes. I think he's more in the top 100 mix, but I think his athletic testing is going to go a long way in what people think of him. I mentioned Michael Pittman, another monster game this week, 11 catches, 180 yards, and one touchdown. And then another guy Matt and I have been talking about recently is Denzel Mims, six catches, 92 yards for Baylor. Obviously, Baylor, you know, devastating loss there, losing a 28-3 lead against Oklahoma. But Denzel Mims had a big game in that. I think it's going to stick out. He's a guy who I think NFL teams are going to be intrigued by, probably as a day three guy, but nonetheless intrigued with his overall skill set. If we take this to the Debbie slant, as we talk about some underclassmen that stood out, first guy I want to mention is Jarian Ely. 13 carries, 141 yards, an average of 10.8 yards per carry. Really impressive performance by Jarian Ely against LSU. This guy's talent is all world. The way we talk about some of these top running backs like DeAndre Swift and those guys, in a couple of years, that's what we're going to be talking about, Jarian Ely. So if you have an opportunity to get him on your Debbie team in a trade, go get him now. At the wide receiver position, you can say the same thing about these three guys. Seth Williams, this past week for Auburn, 13 catches, 121 yards. Rashad Bateman, we talked about him a lot last week. He might be the best wide receiver long-term upside at Minnesota, six catches, 98 yards. And then Jamar Chase. Nobody has exploded in terms of the underclassmen receivers more than Jamar Chase this year. Probably catapulting himself in updated rankings, I got to update, probably catapulted himself ahead of guys like Rondell Moore and Justin Ross in terms of Debbie stock because Jamar Chase has just been fantastic. Another 227 yards and three touchdowns this week. Really impressive performance by, uh, by Jamar Chase this week, and he just continues to do it week in and week out. So I think Jamar Chase is a guy who maybe – at this point last year, was flying under the radar a little bit. Obviously, no more. If you can get him on your team, try to go get him now. And at the quarterback position, we talked about Auburn in that Georgia game. Bo Nix is a guy. Go get him now because he hasn't had his breakout games yet. But you watch Bo Nix play, and I think you see a guy who's going to put it all together. Really impressive what he's doing in his freshman year. 30 of 50, 245, one touchdown in a, in a, in a, in a big game. I think by year two and then year three, Bonix has a chance to be a full-blown superstar at the quarterback position. So try to get him on your team now. And then obviously the, the daily check-in on Trevor Lawrence and Justin Fields. Trevor Lawrence, 272 yards and four touchdowns, starting to look a little bit more like the guy we saw last year. And then Justin Fields just continues to do what he does, over 300 yards, four touchdowns. At this point, with the Tua injury and some of the other stuff that's happened, I think the Heisman is now basically Joe Burrow's, uh, Joe Burrow at, at the one spot. And then the only guys in consideration are Justin Fields and probably Jalen Hurts. They're probably two, three before you talk about some of the running backs uh, like Taylor and Hubbard, maybe in the four or five spots in terms of the Heisman Trophy. So both of those guys, Lawrence Fields, 
I don't think you can go wrong with either one of them. I think for fantasy, Fields' rushing ability might give him a slight edge over Trevor Lawrence. But, I mean, you're talking about two really great uh, prospects that if you can get either one of them on your team, you should definitely try to do that. If we take this to the tail of the tape, as we take a, a quick pre quick preview and a quick look at week 13 and the things that we're looking forward to and the prospects that we're looking forward to, the big game of the week is obviously Penn State versus Ohio State. Things that we're looking for, obviously on the Penn State side, Matt talked about them last week. Is it time to just kind of uh, say that we missed on Justin Shorter, a guy that we thought he was going to be a big-time superstar and a, a guy that was going to be a Debbie Darling? Or is it just taking him some time to kind of round in the form? Does he get an opportunity to show anything in this Penn State game? Sean Clifford, the quarterback for Penn State, how does he look in this game? Uh, you know, obviously, Ohio State needs this to stay undefeated. Penn State needs this to bounce back off of that loss a couple weeks ago to Minnesota. On the Ohio State side, how does Justin Fields look? This is probably his biggest game of the season at, at this point right now. But Justin Fields, how does he do in this setting? Big game, divisional game. Uh, I'm excited. I think Justin Fields is going to have a fantastic game, so it'll be interesting to see how he does. J.K. Dobbins, K.J. Hill, obviously every week eyes focused on them. Master Teague, another classman that I always enjoy watching when he comes in to spell J.K. Dobbins. He's going to be a name next year. We're talking a lot about once J.K. Dobbins goes on to the NFL. Next game I'm looking forward to is the Texas A&M-Georgia game. Uh, from the Georgia side, Jake Fromm, DeAndre Swift, how do those guys look? Uh, Texas A&M, keep an eye on Isaiah Spiller. He's a guy, another classman that Matt has talked about a few times. Looks like a future stud. So he's had some big games this year. Can he get anything going against that great Georgia defense? I think it's going to be tough for him, but it'll be interesting to kind of follow that closely this week and see if he could have uh, a, a, a decent performance against that defense. I think even a decent performance would go a long way and speak volumes of his his overall talent level. And then Kalen Mond. I think people wanted to make Kalen Mond out a little bit more uh, this year than I think his talent level deserved. Uh, it'll be interesting to see if he can get anything going this week against Georgia as well. Another game I have my eyes on is the Texas versus Baylor game. Obviously on the Texas side, Sam Ellinger, a guy who I think is a Dapery type quarterback prospect, get an opportunity at the next level to maybe be a backup, work his way uh, potentially down the line into something more, but probably just a backup spot starter type. Uh and obviously the wide receivers, I mentioned Devin DuVernay, I mentioned Colin Johnson, both of them accepted their senior bowl invites. Obviously, this is an opportunity for them versus Baylor to both shine. So I'll, I'll have my eyes on them. And on the Baylor side, how do they bounce back after that crushing loss last week and blowing that big lead to Oklahoma? Uh, Matt Rule will have his team ready to play. I think he's one of the best young uh, coaches in college football. I think it's a big opportunity for him to maybe jump to the NFL after this year. So keep an eye on Matt Rule. But in terms of prospects, again, Denzel Mims, he's the guy I'll be watching closely in this game to see how he performs. Next game I'll be watching closely is the TCU versus Oklahoma game. Again, skill players. Jalen Rieger, uh, the CD Lamb come back from his concussion. Obviously, the two wide receivers there, I think, are both first round caliber worthy 
I think Lamb is a lock. I think Rieger is a top 40 guy. So if he doesn't go in round one, I think he goes early round two. But I can't watch Jalen Rieger and not see some Brandon Cooks and Tyreek Hill type big playability. So it'll be interesting to see if he can get going this week. And obviously Jalen Hurts continue that maturation and development as a quarterback. He should have a lot of opportunity against TCU to make big plays. And then the final game I'm going to be watching closely is that Oregon-Arizona State game. Intriguing guys. On the Oregon side, obviously Justin Herbert. How does he look this week? And then obviously Jawan Johnson. Jawan Johnson, the former Penn State uh, prospect who transferred to Oregon this year. Matt was very high on him two summers ago. I liked this game. I thought he had a chance to be a top 100 prospect. I think he's probably a date three type guy, but big bodied, good ball skills and body control. I'll be watching him this week. And then on the Arizona State side, I already mentioned Brandon Ayuk twice. He's a guy who continues to not get enough attention, and we haven't been giving him enough attention that he warrants, but I'll be watching him closely this week. And then Eno Benjamin. I kind of feel like Eno Benjamin has fallen a little bit in the public perception, but really good running back. Every time I watch him play, still reminds me of Kareem Hunt in terms of his overall running style, so I'll be watching him this week. Let's close out tonight with the NFL Rookie Report for Week 11. Lots to dissect from the NFL world. Uh We'll start at the quarterback position. This week, we saw another Dwayne Haskins performance and Kyler Murray. Let's first start with Dwayne Haskins. Dwayne Haskins was 19 of 35, 214 yards and a touchdown. Continues to look very rattled when I watch him play. Seems like he feels the pressure. He can't can't navigate the pocket very well. Right now, I think there definitely is some question marks about Dwayne Haskins. I don't want to judge him off a couple games because I was a big fan of him coming out of college. But in the early goings of what I've seen, he has not looked the part of an of a future franchise NFL quarterback. Now, again, his surrounding cast is really poor. So I think Washington would do him well by going out and building around him in free agency in the draft rather than pick another quarterback and just move him on similar to what Arizona did last year. I don't think Washington is going to get the first pick, so I don't think they're going to get Joe Burrow. So maybe they take Chase Young, the elite defensive edge rusher from Ohio State, or maybe they get uh, the top offensive tackle, whoever is number one on their board, uh, to protect Wayne Haskins. I think he deserves an opportunity next year to be the starter the whole year, but it has not been promising in terms of what we've seen so far from Dwayne Haskins. So watch him closely down the stretch. See if maybe my opinion sways a little bit in the final six games or so uh, of, of the season, final five games or so of the season for Dwayne Haskins uh, to make a determination. And, and it's interesting to know if Washington's potentially going to do that. Are they in you know discussion mode of whether or not he's going to be the guy next year? I think he deserves to be, and I think they need to build around him before you really make a true assessment on Dwayne Haskins. Kyler Murray continues to surprise me and do better in in really challenging spots than I even expected him to. This week, I mean, he was going on the road against San Francisco. He had a decent game against San Francisco two week, a couple weeks ago, but that was at home. It was a Thursday night. Sometimes weird things happen on Thursday night games. But Kyler Murray kept Arizona in it. Jimmy Garoppolo had to have a game-winning drive under two minutes left in that game. I think they scored a touchdown with like 30 seconds left. But Kyler Murray got it done passing, two touchdowns, and then on the on the ground, eight carries, 67 yards, and a touchdown. Continues to show his dual threat ability, showed at times his ability to buy time in the pocket, snap his wrist, and make accurate throws. 
I think his ceiling is sky high. There's only a handful, small handful of guys I'd rather have in dynasty settings at the quarterback position than Kyler Murray. And I'd rather have Kyler Murray than any, in terms of fantasy, than any of the quarterbacks coming out this upcoming year. Even a healthy Tua, Joe Burrow, Justin Herbert. Give me Kyler Murray in terms of fantasy value over all of those guys, and and, and I'll take it because I think Kyler Murray is going to be a flat-out top-five superstar quarterback in terms of the fantasy spectrum. At the running back position, I can talk about Josh Jacobs every week, but I like that they're slowly starting to get a little bit more involved in the pass game. Hopefully that continues. Not sure it will, but I think he's already one of the top five, top seven most talented running backs in the NFL. Make sure he is valued that way in NFL uh, fantasy dynasty circles. Okay, so check in on that. Uh, I'm going to give you a guy that I buy low at the running back position, and that's Justice Hill. I know he hasn't been the guy that I think people thought maybe this year he was going to get an opportunity to be a a big-time playmaker at times. I called it my shot, and I thought he was going to be this year's Philip Lindsay. Baltimore's offenses look so good that they haven't needed to really use Justice Hill. They've been fine with Mark Ingram and Gus Edwards and Lamar doing his thing, Mark Andrews, a little bit of Marquise Brown. But I think this is the perfect time to go buy Justice Hill. And I don't think it would cost you more than a third-round rookie pick. I, I truly don't believe that at this point, especially with the depth of what this class is. I think Justice Hill has a legitimate opportunity next year to be fantasy viable. I think... I think in his second year, they might start to put a little bit more on his plate and work him into the offense, and he's not going to be a guy who needs to touch the ball 16 times a game to be viable. If he works his way into 11 to 12 touches, I think he could be an RB3 flex play uh, with big play ability to totally break you know, weeks open sometimes if he has one of those big runs. The attention that Lamar Jackson puts on defenses, I think he's going to open up the window for Justice Hill. He'd be my number one buy low window in terms of the rookies right now for the upside he could show next year, possibly. At the tight end position, I think all of these guys are good guys to buy. Dawson Knox, Noah Fant, Irv Smith. Dawson Knox continues to show glimpses of the player he can be. I think he's going to get every opportunity to become one of the focal points of that Buffalo offense. Obviously, you know, I think they're going to upgrade at the second wide receiver position. I think they're probably going to upgrade at the running back position or add somebody to the Devin Singletary mix. But I think Dawson Knox is going to be their starting tight end. And I think he could eventually become a low tight end one type player in the mix of so many other guys. But I don't think right now he's being valued that way in dynasty circles. He's probably being valued as like a low tight end two. I think he could be a low tight end one up. I think that's his upside. And if worst case, I think he's a, a high to mid tight end too. So I like Dawson Knox. I try to get him now. Noah fans target share continues to spike every single week. Similar to when Matt and I had the conversation a couple of weeks ago about TJ Hawkinson. Give me Noah fan over any tight end that's going to be in this year's draft class. So if you aggressively need a tight end, I think you could offer a late round one rookie pick or an early to mid round two rookie pick. I think you're going to have to do it similar to where Noah fan was taken. I don't think the guy who drafted Noah fan is going to sell him much cheaper than what he paid for, but maybe that guy's got a second tight end and just went best available. Maybe you need a tight end. I think if you need a tight end, you can be aggressive in making an offer for Noah Fan because I love that his target share continues to rise. Right now, he's still got a lot of refinement in his route running and overall route understanding, but I think you're starting to see his athleticism really take shape, and they're feeding him the ball because they want him to be a focal point of that offense. 
Irv Smith, three catches, 20 yards, and a touchdown. You know my feelings on Irv Smith. I think he's one of the best route runners. He was the best route runner in that tight end class last year. So I'm going to take every opportunity I can to buy Irv Smith where I can. I know Matt feels the same way. I think there's a good possibility that Kyle Rudolph is not on that roster next year. And if so, the sky's the limit for Irv Smith. I think he could be next year's Mark Andrews. He'll, he'll probably be a guy I'm drafting heavily in best ball drafts next year. And then at the wide receiver position, Debo Samuel, if he's not being valued at, correctly, go get him now because I loved him. He was my second favorite wide receiver this past draft class. And right now I think his stock is even higher uh, right now than what it was in the pre-draft process. With how good this year's draft class is, you might be able to trade an early second round rookie pick for Debo Samuel. I think that's a trade that I'd be willing to do right now. Keep an eye on Hunter Renfro. He's a guy as a wide receiver for PPR leagues, continues to get more work, see a heavy dose of targets there. I think he could be a a Cole Beasley type moving forward. Not a guy who's going to win you fantasy weeks, but could be a good wide receiver four or five type in PPR settings. And I'd buy low. My buy low recommendations would be Andy Isabella. I think he's going to get every opportunity to be one of the outside vertical threats in that Arizona pass offense. I want to buy that Arizona pass offense. Similar to how you, you want to buy Kansas City Chiefs guys. I think Kyler Murray's going to elevate all the guys around him. I'd be trying to buy Andy Isabella wherever I could. And then keep an eye on Calvin Harmon. This past week, he had an opportunity, five catches, 53 yards. He's going to be given an opportunity there. I don't know. They're probably going to make investments in the offseason, but I think he can emerge there as Terry McLaurin's running mate there. I think they complement each other well, and I think you know my feelings on Calvin Harmon. I was a big fan in the pre-draft process. I was stunned that he fell to the sixth round. Uh, but I still am a fan of his game. He's shown some glimpses this year. If you can get him dirt cheap, I'd put him on the back of my dynasty roster and wait it out. So there it is, guys. A little bit of an abbreviated edition here because I was flying solo and a little bit under the weather. Sorry again uh, for my voice sounding a little bit off than usual. But I did want to put something out for you. We've been getting new listeners. We've been getting more people buying the Saturday, Sunday premium notebooks. So if you like the work that Matt and I are doing, please get over to ssfootball.com. Check out the premium content tab uh, and maybe check out what we offer. We offer all four notebooks for a total of $9.99. You get the scouting notebook, uh, which has player profiles. I'm like already over 80 guys. It's going to be a lot more guys added in the pre-draft months and a lot of updating and edited to that. You get the rankings notebook, which has all our different rankings. Devi, Dynasty, Draft El- Dynasty Rookie, Draft Eligible. We'll have our tiers in there. And then in late March to mid-April, you get the freshman notebook, which is a must-have for any Devi player or anybody that wants to know about the incoming top freshman recruits. And then you get the 2020 Draft Projections notebook, which where we try to accurately predict who will get taken, and in the order in which they will come off the board. We have tabs for every player, offense and defense, notes on over 400 players, offense and defense, uh, projected big boards, and how we expect players to be selected at every single position as well. So you get all four of it for $9.99. It's the best way to help support the show, help us grow, uh, and continue to do what we're doing. So if you can't check out the notebooks please rate review and subscribe wherever you listen to the podcast it does greatly help us and uh, help us grow and reach a wider audience as well so on behalf of matt on behalf of our sound and tech engineer david nakano and myself thank you for joining us and we look forward next time taking you from saturday to sunday